0: Yeah, I don't want to talk to the locker or books in the library. Or... Spoiler for Squid and the Whale. <laughs> yes. Now we know what the squid part is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make that joke and then I realized it doesn't like squid doesn't mean that, but I still want it to. <laughs>
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 354 with our review of Wow, We're Young. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, This week, we're going to have two reviews for you. In this episode, it is a review of Wow, We're Young um, Carson is not with us But he may or may not be dropping in a little recording By the end of this episode And uh, tomorrow night we will also be recording uh, The widely, uh, being, uh, paid for <laughs> movie of widely being paid 7. for Movie of Furious 7 Well I was going to say widely celebrated But I haven't really heard anything about the The quality of the film Just about how much money it's been making yeah. um, It's expected to finish this weekend off At $150 million at least I uh, think
1: hi- highly anticipated is fair to say Highly
0: anticipated yes I was, uh, many different avenues of, of what I was going to say. But anyways, yes, two episodes <laughs> this week, um, While We're Young, and then Furious 7. Um, I think by next time around, they're just going to call the movie 8, because they've been, you know, dropped the articles, then dropped one of the words, now they've dropped the other word, and basically just the next movie will be called 8. <laughs> but uh, anyways, now that this uh, <laughs> introduction is running long, how are you doing this fine evening, Steven Stephen Miller.
1: I, I'm doing good. I'm still reeling from Furious Seven. Actually, you and I both watched it very shortly before recording this. <laughs> Pretty much. So, my my mind is all cars jumping out of airplanes, and now I need to talk about a wistful indie <laughs> coming <laughs> of coming of middle age story. So. So, so,
0: did you end up walking to the theater this time too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I so you didn't have the pleasure of driving home after no. watching a Fast
1: and Furious movie. No, I was a walker. It's
0: always so hard to not just like whip around corners and stuff when you're driving in your car.
1: So after I saw Drive, and this would be so much better suited to tomorrow night's recording,
0: whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll have similar banter then.
1: And so I saw Drive in Oakland with a friend of mine, and so Oakland, like downtown Oakland at night is pretty empty. Like there's no streets, in, or there's, there's no cars. <laughs> there's no streets. There's no cars downtown, and there's not too many streetlights. And so after the movie... For like twenty minutes, my friend and I were just driving in silence while he blasted like uh, electronica music. <laughs> and I would just occasionally like turn to him and nod and then like turn the wheel very loudly. it was It was a fun moment fun fun time you know anyway driving felt like the most epic thing in the world after that movie
0: i I will say though you know during our conversation about nightcrawler you were talking about like when are there ever freaking empty streets on any city um yet here you are talking about oakland being completely empty
1: i believe i said los angeles in particular chris
0: yes but i would like to throw that in your face so we're gonna pretend like you said a city
1: (laughs) for instance phoenix is creepily empty all the time at night and i (laughs) i would have known that
0: once because nobody wants to go to phoenix 'Cause it's hot and they don't observe daylight savings time.
1: And uh I don't know. That that's all the reasons I got. Yeah. It's still there though. <laughs> it is. Like, walking. I'm still here. <laughs> gotcha.
0: I was not on board for that joke. But nope. uh what I may or may not have been on board for is this film while we're young. Transition.
1: <laughs> Good segue. So oh. But yeah, so we, should, we should get on to the review before we're old. <laughs> yes.
0: So, what do we say we do that? Let, let's uh, take a listen to the trailer for while we're young, and then by the time it's done, we will have aged significantly enough to talk about our former selves at the beginning of the film. Not that mm-hmm. that's actually related to the plot of this film at all. I don't know why I'm making that joke. Anyways, trailer, and we'll be back with a review.
1: Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> what a great intro.
2: I like our life as it is.
3: I mean, if we wanted to take off to Paris tomorrow, we could. If
2: we're going to do it, we should plan it at least a month in advance. A month is still in the realm of spontaneity.
3: Beautiful class. Oh, thanks. I really loved your film, Power Elite. You've seen it. That scene with the dogs around the garbage. How did you stage that? Those dogs were just there, and uh, I said, hey, shoot those dogs. Beautiful
2: suddenly want to hang out with a couple
3: of 25-year-olds. We were just 25. I mean, we weren't, but, you know. We're the boring couple with a baby. What have you guys been doing? We met this interesting couple. You can! he's a young documentarian and she makes ice cream how old are they 20... 25 20... 26 27 they're children yeah nine years ago they couldn't vote i love his shoes i have some wingtips here somewhere i stopped wearing them when i got shin splints
2: what kind of class is this again hip-hop and true gangsters don't speak There's something about being around them that energizes you
3: you have arthritis in your knee arthritis arthritis
2: yes i usually just
3: say it once I remember when this song was just considered bad. But it's working. I'm going to be totally honest with myself, I don't think I'm ever going to die. I know that's crazy. It's crazy. We've got this ayahuasca ceremony this weekend with Jamie and Darby. What's an ayahuasca ceremony? You drink this sludgy liquid, and you uh, hallucinate and vomit up your demons. Okay. Well, we're just having a cookout and maybe playing charades.
2: I wish you'd look at me the way you look at Jamie and Darby. When we first met, you wooed me with romantic emails.
3: It wouldn't make sense for me to send you emails now. We're in the same room all the time. We don't know how else to say this, but we're worried about you guys. Do you think that Jamie came to my class because he knew that I was married to you? This was all so he could meet your dad? The world isn't a conspiracy against you.
2: (laughs) It's all a pose. It's like he once saw a sincere person and he's been imitating him ever since. Go back inside! For the first time in my life, I stopped thinking of myself as a child imitating an adult. You feel that way too.
3: What is that, hoedown? Hip-hop. All right,
0: so While We're Young is a little film about an older couple who meets a younger couple and does young couple stuff, and yeah... <laughs> yep take it steven (laughs) no so so i think i may or may not have seen the trailer for this but steven text uh messaged uh carson and i earlier in the week because we were we were originally going to just be reviewing furious seven and uh he was like i don't know about you guys but i'm also seeing this so (laughs) So we should see that, too. So I knew very little about this movie other than the fact that uh, it is uh, a movie from a filmmaker that you guys like. and uh,
1: You do not like at all.
0: I I wouldn't say I don't like at all. Mm. Um, Just because I didn't like Squid and the Whale at all. Mm -hmm. Anyways. so uh, That's true.
1: I I think it's fitting that our review is kind of mumblecore so far.
0: I'm totally doing that on purpose, 100%. <clears throat> Just a little bit uh-uh. clunky,
1: because it's real life, man. This yeah. is how real people talk. It's,
0: <laughs> it is how I mean, we, we are real people. Um, nothing artificial here. So, <laughs> Stephen, oh, uh, you, you were obviously excited to see this film, because um, you were the one who kind of pushed us into seeing it. So, uh, why don't you talk about why, I guess, why, why you were excited to see it, and then uh, whether or not it panned out the way uh, you expected it to.
1: So I, I wouldn't say I was excited to see it. It, um, it kind of flew under my radar, actually. It was a, a friend, and I believe listener, uh, asked if we were going to watch it, like if we were going to do a review. Yeah.
0: And let's be honest, if they're not a listener, then uh, they're no longer your friend.
1: Yeah, they're no longer a friend. <laughs> I unfriend everyone who doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, she had asked if we were planning on reviewing it, and I didn't even know it was out. But I knew that Noah Baumbach... Baumbach, Baumbach, Baumbach. (laughs) (laughs) Limit, limit, row ads, row ads. One one of those. Um, I knew that he had two movies at Sundance this year. uh, And I knew that at least one of them was getting pretty good critical reception. I didn't know which it was. I knew one one had Ben Stiller uh and naomi watts and the other one had greta gerwig who was francis Ha, and is also his wife so a uh-huh. little bit of nepotism going on there <laughs> um, yeah maybe just, just a, tiny a little bit, bit of uh, helena bon- bonham carter syndrome <laughs> happening um uh, anyway so i knew i knew that this movie was fairly well regarded at sundance uh, i like noah baumbach style a lot i I very much enjoyed Francis Ha. Uh, I hated Squid and the Whale the first time around, and absolutely loved it the second time I watched it. And I hated Greenberg, which was his first time working with Ben Stiller. Uh, so, so like I'm all I'm all across the map with him, but at the very least, he's a kind of interesting filmmaker, and I feel like he he usually has a message and a thing that he wants to say with his movies, and I think his eye for filmmaking is just nice. So, he's one of those guys that like like Sam Mendes or something, I'm going to see anything if they say that they're making it. Yeah. So that is the only degree that I was excited. And, like, and,
0: and and just for the record, all I've seen besides this movie now is Squid and the Whale and Francis Ha. And I did very much enjoy Francis Ha. It's just mm-hmm. Squid and the Whale. I literally hated the crap out of all of the characters in it. And I couldn't stand watching the film because I, there was no one to grab onto in a way that made it okay for me to not hate. The experience.
1: So I would say Francis Ha is the first time he made a film where your gut reaction is not to hate the characters. (laughs) All Um, right. I I haven't seen Margot at the wedding. Uh, Greenberg. I completely I hated Ben Stiller so much, so much in that movie. And mostly just
0: for all his other movies, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, mostly for. (laughs) I'm just still still mad at him for uh, the, the Good Luck Kid. Is that what it's called? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I got nothing. Anyway. (laughs) Neither do I. It's cool. I don't uh, universally love Noah Baumbach, but he's interesting enough that I would definitely watch anything he makes. Uh, So that is a decent segue into saying, so Francis Ha was the first movie I feel like he made where you really can like the character, like even if you are kind of totally annoyed with her because she's clearly a very flawed person and she's like <laughs> just a tiny bit you ju- you just want to shout at the shout at the screen like come on this is stupid yeah, don't Fra- do this francis ha more like francis flaw yeah francis flawed <laughs> Han- Hantai hero um, mm, greta mm. greta life <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> Anyway (laughs) This is just going off the rails Uh, We haven't even talked about the movie yet I got this under control, I swear So anyway, Francis Hall was just a It was a very charming movie Like, it's black and white It's set in New York City It's (laughs) Like, there isn't a lot of There
0: isn't, like, a lot of, of Shit There was a good joke in there Oh, damn it, I messed that joke up. I was going to talk about, like, the... There wasn't a lot of, like, middle ground. (laughs) It was black and white, like... Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, let's go.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it it was visually, like, just a very, very nice, beautiful movie. It had a jazzy score, like, very Woody Allen-type vibe. Um, And the character, even though you're annoyed by her, she is charming, and you want her to succeed in the end. And there is a there's an arc that she goes through that is kind of identifiable in what growing up feels like. And I think the weird thing about while we're young and you can tell me if I'm wrong is it is like completely likable and accessible, uh, all the characters like there, at least for me, there wasn't a moment of pain or awkwardness or like extreme discomfort the way that most of his movies do for me. Um, in in a sense, it's a lot like This Is Forty, actually, uh, the Judd Apatow movie, yeah. or Neighbors, the Judd Apatow produced movie, um, where it's about a couple who's you know getting getting older. They're in middle age, but they don't really want to be in that. They don't want to be labeled as that yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. they they're not ready to be old because all the people their age who are old are terrifying. Like they have babies <laughs> and they go to. I loved I loved the scene of. Them going to the music class. Yeah, the baby music class. <laughs> Naomi um. watches, uh, like, panic attack, <laughs> just watching all the guys singing along and all the moms bobbing. Uh, you know, I mean, there's broad, there's broad caricatures here. It's like very much a comedy comedy movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it actually is very funny. Uh, and for that alone, I thought it was a a fun time. At least it was nice. Like, I love Adam Driver's character. I thought it was just hilarious. I, I just loved. I loved how obscenely hipster he was, and <laughs> considering Noah Baumbach is like not the least pretentious dude in any room, it was kind of fun to see him kind of make fun of that for a change of yeah, the, yeah. these free thinking hipsters who they build their own desk and they make their own ice cream. <laughs> when when they could Google something, they instead decide to just sit and not know.
0: That was that was a great moment too because like. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the, in in that moment, I am so Ben Stiller in all of those moments. I'm like, like, guys, I I, I'll just, I'll Google it right now. We'll, we'll just see what the answer is. And just the idea that he was like, no, not knowing is better. I was like, no, not knowing is the worst thing on the planet.
1: It reminded me a lot. And maybe you'll drop this in like you did with Paul of Tompkins. Maybe not. (laughs) Pete, (laughs) Pete Holmes has a bit about how we used to get to not know things and now that you never have the experience of not knowing then everything is just kind of like this hazy mix of i don't know it but i could know it at some point yeah, yeah. and like how that kind of loses like he says there was a
3: time and i don't mean to get all andy rooney on you guys <laughs> but there was a time that if you didn't know where tom petty was from you just didn't know <laughs> that yearning and that deficit in your being and you'd go around and ask actual people in front of ice cream parlors and libraries and you'd be like, hey, where's Tom Petty from? And they're like, you know, I don't know. I've never thought about it. I don't know. And now I'm impregnated with wonder and then they go and ask people until one fateful day, you see a girl wearing a Heartbreakers t-shirt, you'd rush up to her and be like, hey, where's Tom Petty from? And she'd tell you, Florida. And a wave of endorphins and pleasure and meaning would wash over you. And that's how you met your wife. Do you understand? Your wedding song was refugee.
0: <laughs> I there, there is actually no... Yeah, like, I, I mean, obviously now I'm, like, not even riffing. I'm seriously latching on to a bit that somebody's doing. But, like, yeah, there is, like, a sense that, like, sometimes somebody having a a uh, special bit of knowledge that you don't have is the thing that like gravitates you towards that person um, Mm. in an interesting way. And now that like you can just like Wikipedia that shit yourself, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you, and also you don't even like, because you can Wikipedia it or Google it or whatever, you almost lose the ability to store that knowledge because like, you're like, no, I'm not putting it into on my hard drive. I'm putting it into RAM. And then as soon as I need room, I'm going to throw something else into RAM and block that out. So you're like, I, you know, I've known 50 times how to make like X, X, pastry or some weird thing like that but like but you'll always google it yeah the but next i'll always time. google it like I, I never store that information um so yeah,
1: and and i think in general like bombach clearly cares about these ideas i mean the the film is hardly subtle in how many times like cell phones come up or yeah you know the even the hipsters like like there's a shaman and they're dropping Ayahuasca or whatever it's called, <laughs> being all old school and connecting to Earth, and then you see him on his phone, like changing his playlist of what new age song he's gonna have on the I, loudspeaker. I do like in the
0: context of the ayahuasca whatever uh, uh, ceremony thing that they were doing. I like narratively speaking of like every time somebody had a breakthrough, that's when they threw up. I know the idea is is that like you throw up your demons or whatever the bad things from you, but I loved the context of like they are refusing to throw up, but as soon as they make their own little breakthrough, like, they just puke. Um, I, I, For some reason, I really love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. And, and anyway, I feel like Noah Bamba clearly is latching onto this idea that I think a lot of filmmakers, when they reach a certain age, start to latch onto, which is that, like, life is short and all of the things that we care about might be hindering our ability to experience it in a pure way. So like, you know, phones keep people from being present in a room or like the Louis C.K. bit. You don't need to throw this into, I know I'm giving you a lot of work. (laughs) Louis C.K. has this bit about how like, you don't ever have to be sad anymore either. I was in my car one time and a
2: Bruce Springsteen song comes on and it gave me kind of like a fall back to school depression feeling, it made me really sad. Yeah. And I go, okay, I'm getting sad. I gotta get the phone and write hi to like 50 people. (laughs) And then, you know, somebody cool writes back. Anyway, I started to get that sad feeling and I was reaching for the phone and I said, you know what, don't. Just be sad. Just let the sadness, just stand in the way of it and let it hit you like a truck. And I pulled over and I just cried like a bitch. I cried so much and, I, and it was beautiful. It was like this beautiful, it's just this, sadness is poetic. You're, you're lucky to live sad moments. You know, and the thing is, because we don't want that first bit of sad, yeah. we push it away with like a little phone for the food and you get, you get a little kind of, you never feel completely sad or completely happy. You right. just feel kind of satisfied with your product. Yes. And then you die. So that's why I don't want to get a phone for my kids. That's what I'm <laughs>
1: anyway i I feel like there's this undercurrent of people who are examining like middle age and realizing that life is going to end at some point yeah uh that's like very heavy in this movie uh which isn't to say it's a heavy movie it's a very very funny movie but so much of the jokes and i think if you were to try to draw out a message that would connect all the documentary stuff from all of the kind of broad slapstick about ben stiller trying to be young it would be that everyone is fake nobody knows how to be themselves exactly and no one knows how to purely experience life so you just kind of do whatever you want and do the best you can yeah um and i think that that makes for a very funny kind of darkly funny movie i'm not sure it makes for a satisfying ending like i if i had to define an arc that the characters go through i would be pretty hard pressed to do so except for just accepting that Everybody is shitty, and everybody's fake, and there's a baby with a cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I'm torn. I I really liked it as as just a comedy. I laughed a lot. I mean, I love Adam Driver, Ben Stiller. I thought it was really funny in this, too. Like, everybody is just, you know, funny- comic actors i, I will uh, say
0: i was i was sad that adam driver didn't have sex and eat nachos in this movie
1: well not that we know of yeah like, <laughs> not on screen yeah correct no i assume he did on set, <laughs> yeah, on set the, in his trailer yeah when the cameras weren't rolling uh, anyway that's he's on star wars baby come on come in here and have some nachos that, that's a kind of windy like rambly way to say that As a comedy, I thought this was much more hit than miss. Like, sometimes it goes for the very broad joke. Like, some of the cell phone stuff didn't quite work. Some of the ultra, ultra hipster things, I was like, okay, nobody behaves this way. Like, who are you actually making fun of? Yeah. Uh, But for the most part, I thought it was a fun movie. I thought it was, like, fairly quick. There weren't many cases where it dragged too much. And even though the ending was a little empty, it did have a, like, good-natured heart to it. So I, I I had fun. I, d- I don't love it the way I love Francis Haar, Squid and the Whale, but I thought it was a fun movie.
0: Yeah. So I think that, that, that fun is a perfect way to describe it, but I think overall that this is a very misguided film. Um, I, like, if I had to... <sighs> I always get stuck in, like, having a difficult time describing the way I feel about things like this. Where, so the... The enjoyability is separate from, like, my rating of the film. Like, this is an, a completely enjoyable film. The process of watching it is fun. I had a good time watching it. But it's the type of film where, like, you know, you said that Noah Baumbach li- likes to say things with his films and, and to, uh, like, I-, I feel like this film is caught between saying what it's like to be... Older. All right, I'm not even going to try to segue this perfectly because I have stopped like three times for sirens passing me. But what I was trying to say is that I feel like the film half its time is trying to uh, like discuss what it's like to be somebody who's getting older and to be kind of seduced by a, a not seduced sexually, but like seduced by like the lifestyle that a younger couple has and wanting to return to that. The other side of it is this really interesting story about the authenticity of like documentary <laughs> like. <laughs> work and they like the overall stance the film takes by the end of it is really neither of those things i think and it, it's it's kind of like there are two ideas in it that alone could be enough to fill an entire movie and it's you know when we talked about uh walter Mitty like i was kind of like expecting this grand like Thing about life and blah 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 blah, and then what I got was just kind of like a cute, fun movie that was enjoyable. it's and The
1: that, Ben Stiller effect. Yeah,
0: it is the Ben Stiller effect, uh, and I haven't seen Greenberg, but I'm, I'm sure
1: I'm sure that won't work with for me either. But like, they just need to distill the film a little bit. <laughs> yeah,
0: um but like I I, th- I think that like like I said, I don't remember. I might have partially watched the trailer because you guys might have referenced this film a while back. Like when I saw the poster for it, I felt like I had seen the trailer, but I didn't remember any of it. Um, but I kind of feel that, like, the film starts by having this, this, this thing, like, you know, like, look, this couple, they're totally just crazy. They're all these things that we're not, but like, when we're with them, they can, we can exhibit those things and, like, it can, it can uh, exhibit – I don't think that was the right word. Anyways, uh, we, can, we can basically be this younger couple when we're with them and that instills us with more life and we kind of want to leave – our old person life and kind of go hang out with these kids because they make us feel awesome and then there's this like this danger of like what if there's something some ulterior motive on their end that could possibly sour our love of spending time with this couple like that in and of itself its own film that could go really deep into that subject matter and be good but then there's this whole thing about like what when when you are trying to create a documentary about a subject uh, are you supposed to insert yourself into that subject and pull out a narrative that you want? Or are you supposed to just tell the truth? Is there actually truth? What does truth mean? Like there's all these really interesting ideas that like it almost has this like uh, like Birdman, Birdman-esque type of commentary about like, well, do you have to like execute it perfectly? Or are if you're putting all of yourself out there, have you done it perfectly? Like, you know, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of that aspect to the film. Obviously, it's less... Being on the nose and meta about it. Uh, on the nose, nice. <laughs> yeah. Birdman. Uh, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Anyways, um, so for me, there are too many things that I latched onto in the film, uh, like to to not have that be carried out to their logical conclusions, or to a point at which it feel like it, like so it it doesn't make a statement. The film feels more like it's bringing up a conversation and then just, like, backing out of the room and letting you finish that off by yourself. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think there are successful ways to do that. And I think that this film, like, not that it's unsuccessful, just that, like, I feel that I'm being drawn in to something that isn't being finished out that way for me.
1: So, because I'm hearing two things, and one I agree with and one I disagree with. Okay. Uh, The thing I agree with is that it is bringing up a conversation and not trying to talk about it. Um, Like, that. that's kind of my my issue with it, is because I feel like he wanted to keep it so lighthearted, he didn't try to wrestle with any ideas. He just kind of postulates them by way of, you know some comedic moments and then plot points kind of tying things together. Yeah. But he doesn't have a thesis. He just has a series of questions kind of, or his only thesis is what things are not, but he doesn't have any idea of what they are, (laughs) I guess. Yes.
0: Uh, (laughs) I think I understand what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Anyway. So I I feel that like the pointlessness of it, Uh, but I think you're also kind of implying that it's a little schizophrenic like that it's two stories that are smashed together i think well, the the story of the of the older couple being reinvigorated by a younger couple that they have trouble keeping up with and the documentary style uh story and do you not feel like those went together well i
0: so i don't think it's like a, i don't think it's bipolar in that, like it's only exhibiting one part at a time, but I, I, I feel that it is somewhat schizophrenic. And what is the most like they, they work together to run the narrative of the film, but they're not both specifically adding to each other. Like they're they are they're they're causally linked to each other, but not, uh, resultally linked. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't pay off together. They pay off independently from each other. But mm-hmm. each of them is partially what's the cause of the other. Like, yeah. like how much Ben Stiller is willing to get in with this couple is affected by the, the, uh, the documentary narrative of the story and how much the wife wants to get involved is also linked to how her husband is experiencing the documentary side of stuff.
1: Yeah, so... I, I guess my my kind of disagreement, and it might not be, is I felt like they worked very well together because thematically they're both telling the same story, which is, or not story, they're having the same conversation of whether whether you need to behave a certain real way or whether you can cultivate whatever you want to be, kind of. And... I feel like characters are cultivating this like hipster lifestyle and people are criticizing Ben Stiller and uh, Naomi Watts for trying to be a thing that they're not. And then at the same time in the documentary world people are possibly criticizing spoilerish uh, characters for trying to tell things as if they were true when they're actually cultivated. Uh, so so I, like I, on paper I see a connection. I'm not sure the film actually executes them well together. So
0: I think metaphorically they are perfectly in sync. Uh actually, <laughs> whatever the <laughs> opposite of a metaphor is. <laughs> um <laughs> literally. Yeah. Uh literally they are distinct separate things. So like you could remove the whole uh documentary side of things and if you ignore the metaphor of if you're trying to act young and you're feeling young, is that okay? Or are you still an old person? Like, you know, there's the parts in the scene where, like, they're like, this is awesome. We love this couple. We need to hang out with them all the time. And then Ben Sellers, like, throwing out his back and figuring out that he has arthritis and stuff like that. Where he's like, oh, I can act like them and have fun and feel invigorated. But at the same time, my, physical, my physicality doesn't match theirs. And I will never be able to truly be them. I'll just be able to act and enjoy myself as them. So, like if you remove the metaphor from that and just stick with the actual, like, thing, like, it... it so it, it uses the This Is 40 vibe as a premise for its story, but the story is really something else, I guess. I don't right. know. I feel... I can't tell what it wants to me, and, and I'm personally drawn to each aspect of it independently as opposed to being, like, seamlessly... Like, I, I, can, I can see how, like, if I speak of it perfectly as a metaphor it sounds a lot more brilliant than I'm giving it credit for.
1: No, it doesn't. (laughs) I I totally feel you, though. It doesn't tie together plot-wise very well, I don't think. Or at least there's not... It's kind of splitting the difference, so neither really gets a satisfying payoff, I think.
0: Yeah. And it's like, so so we have this, uh, you know, off-air, we have this, like, sort of half-jokey, half-real conversation, like, semi-often about... The how long the spoiler warning has been al- been around versus how long other majorly popular film podcast has been around, <laughs> <It's> right? <film. laughs> Sorry, bless you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, so uh this will be like the one episode they all listen to too. <laughs> I'm sure everybody wants to hear the while we're young review um no but uh but like so we have this like you know it's it's a it's a it's it's not a super serious conversation it's like a half it's a half-hearted sort of what if conversation about like you know we've been doing this for a long time um and how far we've got with it versus other people who started it like halfway through how long we've been around and are wildly successful with it so like I totally am on board with Ben Stiller's character and like the idea of like, hey, like I'm trying really hard and I'm working on this thing and I'm not like whoring myself out. Not not the other podcasts are whoring themselves out. I don't want to. No, don't, don't stand want your that, ground, Chris. I don't want that to be a quote for me. Basically, but I'm saying that like, because like, we're not like, you know, trying to get sponsorships and like, horribly, like trying to like, not horribly, but like, Shit, I'm just like digging myself a like narrow hole. But any day the
1: grant money is going to come through. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, exactly. Like so, we're, we're like we're trying to do this independently, do it ourselves, not be part of a podcast network, um, not because of any like specifically like because <laughs> uh, they didn't invite us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this is turning out so horribly. <laughs> Let's just say that like I, I'm on board with with Ben Stiller's character. Like like there are some aspects to that that I can totally empathize with. Um, so the idea of being like seduced. Into like something, and like being—I don't know. I—I'm trying not to be spoilery and trying not to say things that uh, <laughs> will come off super horribly to anybody listening to this. But let's just say that, like, like I, I the him as a documentary filmmaker and how he views the Adam Driver character and his fears for how their relationship may have started or, um. Like all that stuff was really easy for me to like get on board with. And when Mm -hmm. the film sort of like has its big climax uh, and plays it more for a joke than a like meaningful statement, it kind of let me down because like I spent time investing myself in what's going to happen to Ben Stiller and how he can possibly change or improve himself in in the midst of this situation that he's in, in which we're like he can generally make things better by going along with other people or he can try to stand his ground and do what he thinks is like the right way to 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 progress and the thing that he's like spent his life trying to do. So, I don't know, like I... I it seems like they were building a really grand statement about life and the things that you're passionate about and like when you believe in something that you're doing, do you just do it that way or do you like cut corners and try to do whatever is going to instantly make you popular versus what is going to be a product that you wanted to put out in the first place. So, like, the fact that, like, that sort of just gets dropped off and, like, oh, it's too heavy for the story that I'm trying to tell. It kind of felt not insulting, but, like, I don't know. I I, I would just... It it lessened the the overall experience for me because I wanted that message in in the film because it, it seemed like it was a really interesting idea. And maybe it's just because I read too much into the scenario but i i don't know i it seemed like abandoning that was a bad idea to me
1: no i i think so i think i may be reading even more into it and being disappointed because what i saw is he's trying to make you sympathize with ben stiller's like ethical high ground right and his belief in doing things his own way and doing things telling the truth at all costs and it, it isn't too much of a spoiler i don't think to say that the film does not pay that off. The film actually very explicitly says, like, this is probably how you hoped it would go, but that's not how it's going to go. Like, the reality that the film says instead is, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, do your own thing. <laughs> well, people I, I, are people are going to be shitty, and you are going to learn to live with that rather than try to hold it over their heads. I, I, uh, I
0: feel almost like the film's message is... If it's going to take you 10 years to do something right, just do it the short way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know cuz I don't so I I don't see I almost just want to get into spoilers because I know nobody like <laughs> nobody cares if we spoil it, but anyway, I I won't. I feel like the arc the arc that I'm concerned with is Ben Stiller's arc. Yeah. And Ben Stiller by the end of the movie has not changed his behavior to be a worse person. He's simply decided it doesn't matter if worse people exist and what the hell they're young and when they're old, maybe they'll feel differently. And I I feel like all of the movie and the whole like conclusion is what the hell we don't understand. uh, don't understand anything. And then the movie's over basically. And,
0: And I think also three quarters of the way through the film, a third sort of plot starts to emerge in which the young couples, the girl in the young couple seems to be like, somewhat intrigued by the lifestyle of the older male in the Mm -hmm. older couple or the the, the male in the older couple and the wife of the older couple is somewhat like intrigued by the lifestyle of the younger male like Mm -hmm. did you like did that seem like that was starting to form a like third plot in this film in which like you know big eyes was going to be like into ben stiller and
1: (laughs) a little bit but i thought I thought only to the extent that it was trying to tear apart the couples. Uh, I, I didn't see it as like something giant that was building.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't seem giant, but it seemed like enough for at least a scene of more than what they did do with it. But it, it just seems yeah. like it because it, it was making a statement about like what sort of seemed like it was making making a statement about like the the men are really caught up in their passion about what they're trying to do at the expense of the relationships they have with their female counterparts and the female counterparts are completely they're the things that they are passionate about are like almost like the opposite characteristics of their male counterparts
1: yeah no i i see that you could probably do a kind of interesting comparison with this and the one i love (laughs) about like what people look for in each other yeah uh, couples of a certain age um yeah, I, I mean, I I could see that forming. I, I didn't feel like it was coming from left field or anything because, in my mind, the way I read those two situations were all about the younger couple. First, it was unraveling the male of saying, "Look, if you want someone who's anything goes and who cares and nothing matters, this is one of those things that he is going to do to you." Yeah, like, and then. This is the collateral damage that it does to this perfect couple. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really see a third arc forming, but I do, I do feel like the movie shoehorned in more things than it needed to. Yeah, it's kind of. I know we already compared it to Judd Apatow, but plot-wise, I could almost like not in the specifics, but just in the arc of the story, I could almost compare it to Funny People, where like it had a thing it tried to say. <laughs> Mostly kids you thought you're
0: gonna die by the end of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it it had a thing it was trying to say and it said it like pretty well for the first half. Yeah. And then it focuses so much on this narrative that has to pay off that when it ends, you're kind of like, wait, well, this this isn't completing the story that you began at the beginning. Like you, you're ending on a different journey than you started on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've come a lo- i come along, I jumped on board for a specific reason that you threw away partway through and then went on your own little trip.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel that. And I, I just wonder if, These kind of like high concept comedies all do that. Like, this is 40, also. If I remember correctly, it still ended with very, like, kind of banal plot points that weren't really about growing old anymore. Uh, Banal, I think, is what you say that (laughs) word. I think so. Not banal. I
0: I, I was drinking Carson style, um, so I wasn't (laughs) going to try to correct you, but if we had listeners, they'd probably email in to tell you how wrong you were.
1: Yeah. But damn, anyway, damn, Adam Driver stole our listeners. But I got to say, like, t- so in in hindsight, like this movie, it brought up a lot of interesting questions, but it didn't really do, it didn't tie it together in a very masterful way. But at the time, I got to say, I was having a lot of fun with this movie. It was like, compared to everything else he's done, it was so, like, quick and frequently funny. And all the, all the cast is fun. Like, I loved Ben Still and Naomi Watts and Adam Driver. I want to see him in everything because I just, I really, really like him.
0: Yeah, I, um, I like him also. Yeah. and, and So, I, oh, go ahead. I
1: I had fun with it overall. I almost feel bad, like, crapping on it story-wise. but I feel like I'm not doing justice to the me who was sitting in the theater enjoying myself.
0: And, and that's why I tried to start off by saying that it was incredibly enjoyable watching it. It's just, when it ends, you're kind of like, why did you sell me on all those other parts when you could have just sold me on, like, fun <laughs> whatever stuff? Um, yeah,
1: and I wonder if it's his drive to be, quote, meaningful all the time. And, like, he had all these goofy, like, funny observations that would put him more in, like, a Louis-type camp. Yeah. And then rather than embrace it, he's like, oh, no, but I'm going to shoehorn in documentary and high metaphor about life and doesn't really work together yeah i i agree <laughs> cool. cool
0: so uh should we get to our verdicts then for this film yeah all right well why don't you start us off if you're going to give us a must see recommend with a caveat wait for rental pass with a caveat or must avoid what would you give it
1: uh i think i give it recommend with a caveat i recommend because i think it's a very enjoyable film and i think particularly if it were not Noah Baumbach, if I were just told like, hey, there's a new indie comedy about growing old and I went and watched this, I would be pretty pleasantly surprised by Ben Stiller, by the pace of the movie, by how rarely it seems to get bogged down. Uh, It's a fun time. But caveat is that it is not that meaningful, yet it gets weighed down a little bit by its desire to be meaningful. And there's something kind of frustrating about a director... Like Jason Reitman, who wants to say a lot and doesn't succeed in that, um, that kind of always knocks a little bit off my enjoyment of a film.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think for me, it, what it comes down to is the the more meaningful you start to get, the more I criticize your lack of meaning. Um, mm. Which is like it sounds like that would be completely contradictory, but it's the same thing with like world building. Like the more of a will, the more of a world you build, the more I'm willing to pick it apart. Um, but if it stands up to my picking apart, like it, the more it impresses me. Um, so for me, like on, if I'm, if I'm going to like, uh, if I'm going to weight this rating for like normal human beings <laughs> that aren't the weird person that I am, I would give it a recommendation of the caveat. Um, me personally, it's probably more in the rental camp, but, uh, like I said, I have very weird, Requirements for how I judge films that have meaning in them <laughs> So, uh, yeah, for you normal humans uh, Reckon with the caveat Me personally, for Endel.
1: Okay, so the big question now is So he did have two movies at Sundance And the other one is Greta Gerwig The Francis Hawgirl, girl uh, In what seems to be a very similar type movie That's more mumblecore, less broad comedy do you still want to see it, or does this movie kind of make you think that he doesn't have a whole lot more to say?
0: Well, it it it, it is, be, because I had as much fun as I did with this film. I'm not ruling it out as a possibility of wanting to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in fact, I will see it. I guess if it <laughs> if it's available to me somehow. Um, uh, yeah, like I I'm I'm not. I haven't weighed in on Noah Baumbach yet, mm-hmm. so I, at this point, it's still a a per film. It's not like I don't have expectations like drawn from from who um, who the filmmaker is as a whole. It's mostly like, oh, who? May, oh, that was Noah Baumbach. Okay, now I know why maybe I felt this way about it. Like, I, it's less. It's not like oh, you know, Christopher Nolan has a new film coming out. I need to see this because. I've weighed in on that and I expect certain things from it. And right right now it's still uh oh the trailer for that looked like it's a it's a movie that might work for me and then I go see it and decide whether or not it does. Mm. So and also I don't I don't think I ever saw the trailer for Squid and the Whale so I can't judge my expectation versus what i saw i think
1: that was a film you told me to watch (laughs) i i I think so and i'm gonna tell you to watch it twice (laughs) because (laughs) right now you are where i was when i watched it the first time yeah and i don't know what changed the second time but there there's uh, there's a very nice something there and i don't know what it is yeah no i'm
0: i'm open minus schedule wise to to giving another view um just to see how it plays for me. But um And you I,
1: never want to touch a locker again.
0: I don't even remember what.
1: <laughs> that's kid, a, kid smears oh, kids yeah, on that's the locker.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk to a locker or books in a library. Or... Spoiler for squid and the whale. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now we know what the squid part is.
1: Yeah. I was gonna make that joke, and then I realized it doesn't like squid doesn't mean that. But I still want it to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the best
0: part is it doesn't have to mean that. When you hear it, you know exactly what we mean.
1: <laughs> it's more like ink and in the chum. <laughs> Anyways, um, does chum come from whales? No, I don't think that's chum. Is the stuff you put in the water when you're trying to attract I, sharks? I, we're good.
3: <laughs> um.
1: <clears throat> so, <laughs> should we should we wrap this episode up? I I think we better. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Cut, um, cut to a baby playing with an iPhone and <laughs> roll the credits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> Stephen, if people want to find you throughout
1: the week, where can they do that? They don't <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, At least one person wanted to find you At least in particular for this episode So <laughs>
1: That's true, she can text me At no. um, 760214
0: <laughs> Are any of those first numbers real? Yeah, all uh, of them
1: uh, You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller Or sdavidmiller.com <laughs> Do you want me to edit any of that out? No Okay. So somebody
0: just guesses every last possible no, it's,
1: it's real life man We're making a documentary here, we gotta be real Yes. Wait, wait, can you say that one more time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Turkish politics. In, no. <laughs> Holy shit, guys.
0: This says he was in Iraq. <laughs> Whoa. Or, did I say it like that? Did I say it like that? Anyways, uh, people can find me over at ChristopherRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSportOfTheWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. I'm doing brilliantly this <laughs> if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com or like us at facebook.com if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at you can uh, use the contact form on our site or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW at 760-575-4879 music for this episode will possibly come from the soundtrack to this movie if not it'll come from something else and uh Yeah, we are going to also have in the feed a review of Furious 7, so look forward to that. Um, At some point, uh, we probably threw it to
1: Carson (laughs) (laughs) if if you recorded something, so... We'll find out.
0: Yeah, that might have been awkwardly dropped in somewhere in the middle of a conversation. Um, But,
1: yeah. Uh, Thanks for joining me, Steven. Wait, so there was no payphone at the Best Buy? (laughs)
0: But what about the Nisha call?
1: What about the Nisha call? You're welcome. (laughs) I don't trust anything anymore.
0: (laughs) I don't trust anything anymore either. Nothing is real. We should just kill ourselves.
1: Yeah. Bye, guys. (laughs)